0: Okay, mama, welcome to part two of our birth environment series as we are talking about home birth. In this episode, we will be continuing the conversation that we started in part one, but we will chat about the benefits of a home birth for your pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, and even beyond. You will see why the psychological birth process matters to us as mothers, why this is a great option for care for you, and what are some things you can do to prepare for it. If you have not listened to part one, please make sure you do, because there is a load of information in there that will help you make an informed decision on where you. You would want to have your baby. I won't keep you any longer, so let's get inside. Hey mama, welcome to Simplify Birth and Motherhood. I am Amanda. I am a wife and mom of four. I have had a hospital birth, unexpected C-section, a few home births, and now I'm a birth advocate, childbirth educator, and your cheerleader in the toughest hood of them all, motherhood. Do you wish you knew what options were available to you when becoming a new mom or adding more to the mix? Are you ready to nurture and build up your mom gut so you can be more confident educated and bold in this podcast you will begin to understand find support and turn knowledge into power through education and resources for pregnancy childbirth postpartum and for the early years of motherhood if you are ready to get clarity to empower your birth and motherhood journey then throw up your unbrushed hair, hike up your high-waisted pants, because sister, (laughs) I know you are wearing them. Put the baby in the ergo, and let's start feeding our God-given mom guts. See you inside. But there are a ton of benefits to having a home birth, such as there's a higher chance of natural vaginal birth because there is a lack of unnecessary medical interventions and intervening. There is a low chance of infection of bacteria and viruses at a home birth. This is due to the fact that you are in your own home environment and you never are really separated from baby starting from birth. And this is a great immunity for baby as well as your recovery is at home you're in your own bed your own shower so it's a little bit more restful less stressful and non-invasive there's a greater opportunity to have bonding session between mom and dad and other family members that are not interrupted by charting other nurses things like that and when it's time to assess mom and baby it's done gently and non-invasively The chances of establishing a solid start to breastfeeding is a little higher. This is related to the fact that there are no epidurals, pitocin, or IVs that can alter baby's alertness and feeding cues, as well as cause additional swelling in mom that can and does affect breastfeeding. There is an individualized support in pregnancy for birth, postpartum, and beyond from midwifery care. This has to do with the continuous support during pregnancy and birth. It is an undivided attention type of care that the whole family can be included on. I mean, I'm seeing this as my kids get older. My kids are more aware of what is happening, but even when my eldest was a little tiny baby, they were well, not necessarily well aware, but they would would do things to help participate in the care. I have a picture of my son helping the midwife measure my, you know, uterus. My daughter, even now, what she does is she comes over and she brings a tape measure and she measures my belly and she says, she asks me, how's the baby doing? How are you doing? And, you know, I mean, this comes to, just by them observing the midwife and by them participating in that care and our prenatal visits and things like that. And even too, it goes beyond into postpartum. For breastfeeding and the health of you and your baby, this type of care goes into those seasons of her life because the care goes deeper than patient and provider. They also come a part of your family. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of sad sometimes when we come to the end of our six weeks of postpartum and knowing that like, wow, we're not going to be coming here you know, every month or we're not going to be coming here as often. We'll still come. But and just the idea of like knowing it's just this peaceful, safe environment. And I mean, they become like family. It's just like we still talk to some of our midwives and my old midwife and just knowing that it's like there's still that relationship there. And it just is so beautiful and so wonderful. And they're, is more of an autonomy during your care, meaning you have a say on what you do and don't want, but also there is an active participation on your part and the involvement of your spouse and birth partner. And you have a say on who you want to be in the birth space. But what is important too is that it is respected and supported by your midwife and birth team. If there comes a point in your birth or in your prenatal care that you decide that you want to go to the hospital and get induced because you're Way past your due date, there is absolutely no judgment there. There is absolutely no, like, you can do this, just keep pushing through. (laughs) I mean, there is nothing like that. Their main concern is how they can support you in that decision. What is going to be their support system for you in the event that that does happen? But if that doesn't happen, still in your home environment, you are free to move around to different areas of your home into different positions. Your rhythms are not interrupted, which are very important during birth. It's having that rhythm and most women get into that rhythm to help them. And so You are also not guided by purple pushing, which is meaning counting to 10 and pushing as hard as you can, even if your body is not telling you to push. You are supported in when your body is telling you to bear down, to push, or to rest. It is often less expensive than other birth options and can offer flexible pay for those who aren't necessarily able to pay in full out of pocket, but allows them to get the birth they want and need. And lastly, the psychological process of birth is played out more smoothly in this instance and in this environment, which has the ability to reduce birth trauma or help heal past birth trauma. Because we see a lot of moms, and I firmly believe this, that a lot of moms are looking for a redeeming moment when it comes to having another baby because they've had a past birth trauma experience. So their next one, they're looking to have that redeeming moment that can bring them healing when it comes to birth. And so believe it or not, when we talk about the psychological process of birth, believe it or not, birth matters. I mean, when you ask a mom who's given birth naturally or not, it is one of the things that most moms, remember the most. They remember how each child was born. They remember how it went. They remember. This has to do with the fact that birth is a very impactful event in our lives. And we are in in that time in the crossing paths of becoming a mother. I mean, you're transforming into a role that you were created to fill. And that is this moment. Birth is that moment. It's that crossing over into that. So birth is a physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual process that we journey through. And how we experience this journey really matters. I mean, Ida Mae once said, birth matters. It matters because it is the way we all begin our lives outside of our source, our mother's bodies. It's the means from which we enter and feel our first impression of the wider world. For each mother, it is an event that shakes and shapes her to her innermost core. Women's perceptions about their bodies and their baby's capabilities will be deeply influenced by the care they receive around the time of their birth. So not just from a spiritual perspective, but birth matters from a mental perspective. Again, Ina May, a great quote. She had said, When you cast doubt on some bodily function, You don't know how sensitive the body is to that idea. Oftentimes, we think our body and our mind are two separate entities that have no impact on each other. However, when it comes to birth, our body is greatly impacted by our thoughts and feelings which stem from our mind. This is why the cycle of how we manage labor begins with fear, which in turn creates more tension and increases pain. And it all begins in the mind. It is the mind that we form our belief about pain, about birth, is it good, is it bad? Our bodies, can we do this? Is my body capable of performing this event? And even just in the whole birth process itself and where we have our baby, is birth normal? Is it an emergency? Is this safe? Is this okay? In labor, whether it is a spoken word, unspoken word, or even a quick look of disapproval or judgment from a partner, a care provider, any of those people, what we think and what we believe about our own bodies can oftentimes either help with progression of labor or hinder it. This is why creating words of affirmation to see during labor, prayers to repeat in our birth, uh, to help better cope with our contractions, words of encouragement from our birth partners, a calm and confident birth environment, and a team full of support for our birth decisions can bring our mind to a place that seeing and bringing our baby this side of the womb is perfectly normal and is and can be a positive experience. Birth matters physically. This is how God created women to be so amazing. So women, moms, both have a sympathetic and parasympathetic branches in their brains, and they teeter-totter each other. So if the sympathetic branch is too high, it produces our fight-or-flight response, causing the parasympathetic to be low, which makes oxytocin, which contract the uterus. It also is our love hormone. And our endorphins, which are our natural painkillers, to be low, thus slowing or stalling labor. When the cervix needs to open, there needs to be a relaxation that needs to happen. But if mom feels like she's being watched, the environment feels strange, has the belief that she can't do it, it's dangerous, or others in the environment think and believe those things mom's sympathetic branch of her brain will kick in, which will cause her to produce stress hormones, which in turn cause her adrenaline to come in to allow her to want to flee from the situation. But if the environment and what is surrounding the environment, people, the place itself, or the belief system, feel safe or undisturbed, that sympathetic branch is low and the parasympathetic branch is high, which works in mom's favor for birth. So in essence, humans are very similar to animals when they want to give birth. They want to go to a place that ups the privacy, melatonin, and quiet away from peering invasive eyes. Home birth is where this psychological process is respected and valued. Your privacy essentially is respected and you are treated like a woman doing a natural miracle. Not a woman performing a medical emergency. I believe home births change the birth culture here in the US by reducing fear. I mean, this is one of the main reasons why some of us don't choose this option because in reality, a home birth is not a fit for everyone, like I had stated before, and everyone has a right to choose where. They want to birth their baby within their reasonable means. But one of the main responses I get in talking about home births with moms is, I could never do that or I'm scared. I'm afraid that I won't be able to do it or something will happen. But we see it. We see it happening. I've done it. I've done it multiple times. There are women who've been doing it for generations upon generations. we see it happening. And even if you are fearful of birth, no matter where you're having your baby, come sit with me in a childbirth education course and we'll work on that. We will go through that. We will dive deep into that and we will go down the rabbit hole and I can teach you how to break this cycle and help you face your fear at the root and walk you through it. I will show you that it is possible. I will show you that it is totally possible based on your needs and your desires for you to have your baby and do what you were created to do. So who are the people who would consider this as an option? I would say anyone, (laughs) but again, We see people who are low risk, again this is usually based off of the evaluation that the midwife does, whether or not you're a good candidate. VBAC moms, people who are looking to have a vaginal birth after cesarean and it goes successful for them to move away from things that might prohibit them from doing that. First time moms, which is very rare. A lot of first-time moms don't actually choose this as their birth option first, but we do see it happening and they never go back. (laughs) Meaning they never go back to the hospital. But in studies do show that first-time moms don't necessarily choose this option, that home birth is a favorite option between moms who have had previous birth experiences and actually moms who have experience with birth and having babies and go on having more babies do choose this option a lot more than first-time moms. But we also see experienced mom who are looking to have a 100% natural birth and minimize medical interventions and have the birth philosophy that birth is a natural occurring event in a woman's life. You do not need to be an experienced mom to have those views and those perceptions and want a natural birth because home birth, it is going, to be way more welcomed and way more easy for you to have a natural birth where in the hospital, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge, uh, but not to say that it's not possible. (laughs) So just know that it's easier to have that in a home birth setting and birth center setting. We also see women and partners who want to take an active responsibility for their bodies and their birth. We see women choosing this as an option based off wanting that. So things that you can do to prepare for a home birth is you definitely are going to want to work through any psychological fear or doubt that you have about yourself, your baby, and the birth process. Because we just learned that the mind plays a huge role when it comes to birth and oftentimes this is why we see a lot of moms who are, uh, I hate to say, delaying on having a baby. Usually when moms, when, when they're under a lot of stress or fear, they have other external things happening in their lives that this is why birth has not started because that stress hormone is way high or fear is way high. They don't feel safe. Um, there's something in their life that is causing them unnecessary stress or causing the idea that right now is not the time. That's all a mental thing. So you're definitely going to want to work on that, which means going down the rabbit hole, like I had said. Guys, some of the root of our problems and our fears, we have to go down the root. We have to go down that rabbit hole, down the you know path and figure out where is this all coming from? Where is this coming from? And it might be uncomfortable. It might not make us feel good. <laughs> but the sooner we address the root, the sooner we are able to launch off and move in a positive way. And so we're definitely going to have to work on that before we go into birth. So those are one of the things that we can do to prepare for a home birth. We're also going to want to encourage you to take a childbirth education class that will teach you how to move and work with your body to have a natural birth because sister, this is like 100% natural. Like, You're going all in on this. And so you have to learn how to listen, work with your body. What are some of the things that you can do to help with getting through the pain? You're also going to want to interview midwives. So if you have either one or a few midwives in your area, you're definitely going to want to shop around. I mean, that definitely doesn't sound very good, but I will say this, that it still is important when you are interviewing midwives, whether or not they are going to be a good vibe with you because oftentimes we don't vibe with one midwife, but we do with another. This is why the birth network is so big and this is why it's so encouraging to see more people come up in the birth network because just because you don't vibe with me does not mean that you don't vibe with so-and-so and I will recommend anybody within that range because everybody has their person. So some of the things that we can ask is, how long have they been practicing? What would happen in the event that this happens? What risks and complications that might come up that might cause me to be out of your care? Um, things like this. What is your protocol for transfers? Um, just what type of equipment slash medications do you bring for birth? What will happen if I go overdue? What is your birth philosophy? Um, what kind of equipment do you bring for my baby if in the if they need something? What do postpartum visits look like? What will our prenatals look like? Those are just a few questions That we can ask them to get an idea of if the care that they offer is something that we feel okay with and something that we feel confident in. So definitely interview some midwives and ask all the questions and even continue to ask questions with them when you do end up booking with them or working with them. Always ask questions. You have a question, it may sound silly, it may sound dumb, but just ask it because chances are it is worth them answering because they are always there for you to support you even in the littlest, smallest questions that you may have. Also know what your nearby hospital has to offer you and your baby in the event that you're transferred. Some mid- some hospitals, not midwives, some hospitals don't have NICUs. Some hospitals don't have things like that. So we just got to see what our local hospital offers, or if there's another one within a reasonable distance that can offer a little bit more that we feel comfortable going to versus the other one. So you can always have like a first, like this is the first hospital I want to go to, but if this is not possible, let's go to this hospital. You could do that. I've done that in the past. There was one hospital in my area that was a little bit more accepting of transfers and midwives and was a little bit more better about, um, care of moms who transferred from home births versus another one that did not have a very good reputation for uh, home birth transfers and things like that. But to me, I was like, we can make it to here, which is what at the time I think was like 25 minutes. But then the other one was like 15 minutes. So I'm like, it's a 10 minute difference. But if it's if we can't go to this one because we really need to go, then we're going to go to this one. So just know that that could also be an option to you. So just look into that. Also prep your body by doing different stretches to release tension and muscles and get you familiar with different positions that you can use during labor. If you don't know what those are, if you don't know how to do any of that, come take a childbirth education class and I will tell you how to do it and I will show you. And doing these things, doing other things that focus on proper breathing techniques, so practicing different exercises that cause you to practice this good breathing technique. When you work with me, there are a few exercises that I teach you to practice that and they are very simple and they're fun. So, I mean, I'm telling you, my education is not boring and dry, y'all. Like, it's good. So, and it's fun and interactive and it's great. So come take a class if you don't know how, but if you do, practice. Because practice everything, all things before birth, before Labor Day, so that you know what you like, what you don't like, but also to have your spouses participate, your birth partners participate in this practice so that they know what is working for you and what isn't working for you. But practice makes perfect when it comes to these types of things to help you prep for your home birth. Also, prep a hospital bag. Do not forget to do this. Even if you think that it would rain cats and dogs before you go and get transferred, believe me, girl, like don't set yourself up for that (laughs) at all. Like the unrealistic expectation because it could happen. It happened to me. I remember, and I don't even, I think I shared this in my journey. I didn't even pack a hospital bag. I mean, literally, I was in labor packing a hospital bag to go to the hospital because I was that confident that I would not be transferred. But, you know, we all know that the Lord just like totally broke my pride and humbled me. (laughs) And so every time I'm currently packing a hospital bag, I mean, I'm due here in a couple weeks. I mean, I'm 34 weeks now. I'm due in May sometime. (laughs) Not to say I'm gonna be on time, um, but I have to prep a hospital bag every single time because you just never know. So I'm in the process of doing that. So always prep a hospital bag, the same protocol as, that, as if you were going to the hospital. Things that you would wanna take that bring comfort, some food, some snacks, some other things that make it feel homey to you. And also still create a birth plan in the event that you do get transferred. But this birth plan is going to look a little bit different because you're going in the event that you're being transferred. And it's not to say that you can't have a birth plan that that completely you have to leave that at the door if you get transferred or you've given up that right to have that because you really haven't, you can still have a birth plan in the event that you transferred and just have on there realistic expectations that fit within the reasons of why you are being transferred. Again, you're not going to be transferred for something like... (laughs) your midwife wants to go home or like nobody showed up to my birth. It's not going to be anything like that. There's going to be reasons and chances are that it's going to be the reason because you need rest. So obviously what's going to bring you rest is a pain blocking medication, which is the epidural. Just know that there are going to be, and sometimes it can end with even in our worst nightmare, meaning last thing and last way that you wanted to birth your baby, which is a cesarean. So having things in that birth plan that go along with in the event that I need an epidural, this is what I want, X, Y, and Z. In the event that I do have a cesarean, this is what I wanna be, in the event that I am in postpartum and in the recovery, this is what I want to happen. In the event that my baby needs to, or even I do not want my baby to have this. These are certain procedures that I do not want my baby to have. Having those on a birth plan are very important. So make sure you include that because that is going to be within your means. Okay, mama, as you can tell, (laughs) I can literally sit here for days and talk about home births, just birth in general, because they truly are, so fascinating. This topic is near and dear to my heart. As you can tell, I'm very passionate and literally home births are like diamonds in the rough, but that is all for today. I hope that Through our discussions about birth environments, you have learned how to make an informed decision and how you want to receive your care during pregnancy, birth, and into postpartum, and where you want to have your baby. April is World Cesarean Month, so in our next chat, we will talk about C-sections. As this too, this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. So we will sit together in our next episode and chat. Until then. Hi again. Thank you so much for listening to this great episode. If you had learned something today, please make sure you leave a review in Apple Podcasts and share with another mom friend. Also, pop on over to our private Facebook group, sign up for our email list, and connect with me on social media, which are all linked in the description of this podcast. I can't wait to see you over there and connect with you. Now go listen to your mom gut because wisdom will guide you and chances are it won't let you down. Until next time, cheers.